Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We have a wonderful show for you today. We're going to focus on the top seven reasons to be a listing agent. Why are we presenting this to you today? Because a lot of you, frankly, don't realize that your goal in real estate should absolutely positively be uh, to become a listing agent. Why? Because of the seven reasons we're about to give you, but I'll foreshadow all the reasons now. When you are the listing agent, you have control, you have leverage. When you are a listing agent, you uh, are the listing becomes your leverage. And if you're working with buyers, you are the leverage for the buyer. You will understand more of that when we get to the first point. So Julie? Yes, that's right. Remember in your notes, the listing agent always wins, always. And your job is to be on the listing side of the business as often as possible. Now let's clarify before we do our first point. We are not suggesting that you stop working with buyers, simply that you focus mainly on being a listing agent. Why? Because all good things come from listings. We're going to tell you that right now, starting with reason number one, listings generate more business. What, Tim? We should tell them and be very clear about this, that uh, a lot of you, especially those of you who've been so focused on working with buyers for a long period of time, um, you've got to have a little coming to Jesus session with yourself about two thoughts. Number one, why are you choosing to work with buyers over listings? It's not like I know there is a perception of a lack of listing, but for every buyer that buys a house, they're buying somebody's listing. So there are plenty of listings to be had, at least what, four, four and a half million this year, not including new construction. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of listings out there that went to somebody. So if your perception is, is that um, you know, working with listings is something you have to wait and you have to earn your right to be a listing agent. And all oh, my listings will be when my buyers end up uh, listing their homes. All of this type of crap that has been told to mostly new agents over the generations has essentially put you, put you guys in this long-term state of, you know, essentially never actually having um, experienced the best part of being in real estate, which is being a listing agent. So don't think for a second that you can't become a listing agent the second you get your real estate license. Julie and I did. We listed and sold over 100 homes our first year in the business when we were in our 20s. And we did that by doing all the things we teach you guys how to do and all the things we've taught literally hundreds of thousands of other agents to do over the last 25 years. So do not believe for a second that you have to wait around for somebody to tap you on your shoulder Mm, and somehow say, now you can actually become a listing agent. Now I'm going to give you the other reason why a lot of you focus working on buyers. It's because working with buyers is mostly a social skill. Mostly physical labor, as Julie says in our best-selling book, Harris Rules, because you're giving away all of your time and you're, you know, showing homes. That's a lot of physical labor. Does not require a lot of skill. That's just a fact. Working with uh, listings, working with sellers does require skill. So it's more of a mental aspect. So working with buyers is physical labor. Working with sellers is mental labor. You can learn the mental aspect of it. You can learn the scripts. You can learn the systems. And then if you give yourself permission not to wait around for somebody to tap you on your shoulder, you can become a listing agent urgently, which all of you should be doing. And not just learn it, but become really, really great at it. Yeah. And because, you know, the thing that I personally always loved about, you know, being a listing agent, coaching agents who have their heads screwed on straight about this is it is an absolute process. Mm-hmm. It's like working at the post office. That's and well, it's and a I, system. It exactly. can be systematized. You know, it, it's the same thing. It's the same conversation. If anything, when you become really efficient at being a listing agent, 
your greatest bugaboo is going to be that it's boring because it is boring because it's it's essentially the same conversation. So predictable. <laughs> the sellers, it's almost like the whole thing's like a screenplay, it, especially when you're doing the proactive lead generation. You pretty much know exactly what the seller is going to say, yes. when they're going to say it. The whole thing is all, and every single day is going to feel like Groundhog Day, except for one thing. Your bank account's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Your confidence is going to get larger. Your sense of freedom and accomplishment is going to increase. If you want to have that sense of actually being successful because you know you're successful, not just because you're trying to let the world think you're successful because of all your marketing and your advertising, this is absolutely what you need to be focused on is becoming a powerful listing agent. So Julie, step number one, top seven top reasons reason. why they need to become a listing agent. Yes. Reason number one, listings generate more business. <clears throat> Excuse me. Buyers generally don't. You can sell your listing, sell it to your own buyer, generate new listing leads from each listing, plus an endless supply of buyers. Then simply lather, rinse, repeat. One listing leads to the next and so on and so forth. And you can get a lot of listings, by the way, without having to buy them. Though there are some good lead sources that we teach you guys how to tap into in Premier Coaching. The reality of it is, is generally speaking, you can get most of your listings without ever having to pay a referral fee. By the way, the notes for today's show, all seven points are uh, down below. If you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or even on YouTube, just scroll down. All the uh, show notes, like I said, are there waiting for you. You can follow along with us. A lot of you use our podcast notes and our podcast for training your offices, your teams, your brokerages, and now you can also use the notes. And when you're there, when you're reading the notes, please do remember that it is a great time for you to join Premier Coaching. And the link to join Premier Coaching is also below. You'll see it. And as always, yes, you do have full access, full access to the first level of Premier Coaching, including a daily semi-private coaching call. You know you want to join Premier Coaching. Scroll down below and take the next natural step. You love this podcast. We know you do. Well, then you cannot imagine the experience you're going to have. You think you guys get great content on this podcast? This is just an overview <laughs> the real content is in the coaching program. So scroll down below and join Premier Coaching. The link is there waiting for you. Julie, point number two. Reason number two, you can handle more listings at once than you can buyers. Listing inventory is scalable. For example, would you rather have five active, well-priced, motivated seller clients or listings or five buyer clients all scrambling to find the right house, subject to financing being approved and able to just stay put and not actually buy? Remember that buyers never actually have to buy. Sellers do often have to sell. We need to drill down on that. Yes. Because that is one of the most important points. I remember when you and I originally learned this, it was after we were in the business for maybe in only six or eight months. Mm -hmm. We went to a Howard Brinton seminar. Yep. It was in Cincinnati. I yes. mean, I remember it. I remember. And uh, I remember Howard has said, like, was taking a poll in the audience how many houses the agents had sold. Mm -hmm. And Julie and I had already sold, like, 60 or 70 houses and he practically dropped the mic when we answered the question how long have you been in real estate know, and we told we looked like we were 12 yeah exactly <laughs> well but here's one of the things we took away or i took away from that and it really is a an absolute incredible you know thought exercise mm -hmm. you guys listen give me a, a listeners give me an example of a buyer that has to buy absolutely positively has to buy they don't exist you can say 1031 tax exchange, but I'll disagree because they can always just pay the taxes. So there is no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. And that's the reason working with buyers is so damn frustrating because you're never going to have some, you always in the back of your mind know that the buyer is going to, uh, you know, they could change their mind. They it's could just, flick, they could ghost you, they could lose their motivation to buy. And you know, what's interesting is when you think about it realistically, you can have buyers who are really motivated, but not actually qualified and you can also have buyers that are super qualified, but not motivated. You yep. have to have all the stars in alignment. 
You have to not just find inventory, which has been a challenge for quite some time, but you have to then compete, you have to win, and they have to get their financing and in a higher interest rate environment. That is a lot of risk versus working with listings. And when you work with sellers, you're gonna you're not going to get when you're working with a have to sell seller, and we're gonna drill down examples of that here in two seconds. So, you know, get ready. When you're working with have to sell sellers, they're not going to email you one day and say they just changed their mind. No one's gonna say, I absolutely positively have to sell my house today. They're not gonna say that and then tomorrow say I changed my mind. And they it's, don't have to qualify to sell either. Exactly. <laughs> so you guys get the difference? Yeah. Uh, here, here, if that's not good enough, imagine you had five listings at all times or whatever your magic number is that you need. Uh, and we teach you guys to do that in the first, you know, know what your magic number is in the first level of Premier Coaching. So make sure you join Premier Coaching. Uh, but here's the point. If you had five listings at all times and all you wanted to do was have five listings, you don't even want to work with buyers anymore. The buyers that come off those uh, listings, the leads that uh, the buyer's calling, you can refer those off to other agents mm -hmm. for 35% or whatever. I'm not suggesting you do this, but I'm saying you could hypothetically. You know, you could add, maybe you want to have uh, independent agents that are going to start working with you as part of your, your team and you're going to start sending them leads because you now have consistent leads coming off all of your listings. Would you rather be in that position or would you rather be the one that's giving up every single night and weekend? You don't hear about agents getting burned out as listing agents. The burned out stories and all the hilarious memes on Instagram mostly <laughs> are all from agents that are working on the buyer side of the business. 100%. And so don't think, and this is focused even on, you know, the veteran agents who've been in the business for a long period of time, who've never heard this message uh, before. You need to really put all your best efforts, um, not towards your Instagram following, but towards learning how to become a powerful listing agent and buy back your freedom. Point number three. Point number three, or reason number three why you should be the listing agent as, uh, as often as possible. Your for sale, pending, and closed sign is actually a mini billboard in the neighborhoods you want more listings in. You don't get that with buyers. I mean, that's really... I I, I often a, a think a little known point, right? But I often <laughs> think how amazing that is. Yeah. There, imagine if, for example, pharmaceutical companies could pay homeowners a certain amount of money to put a little like a Viagra sign in someone's front yard, right? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, or or whatever, you know. Or whatever. Just imagine, uh, like you're driving down the street and everybody's front yard has these little mini billboards with advertising different products in them. I bet you, uh, companies. Oh, I know for sure. Companies would pay. Just, I, it would be the biggest industry overnight if that became legal. Absolutely. So if we, you're, we had a coaching client that used to sell uh, actual billboard space. And it was, I mean, people pay tons of money for that. A normal billboard. Normal billboard. Right. Yeah. But nothing's going to be more powerful than a large sign in the front of someone's mm -hmm. house because it's an endorsement. There is my neighbor who is clearly endorsing the product that's on the sign. That's what you get with a for sale sign. And, and you then don't, the sold sign after the pending sign. Exactly. You don't get that. So that's one of those little silly things that people just take for granted. Some of you don't even put signs in people in your yards when you take listings, which is insane. And we have done a past podcast, do a lot of coaching about really how to, Julie calls it, hot ride your real estate sign. Your real estate sign is and always will be the most powerful marketing tool for real estate agents that nobody talks about because, frankly, it's uh, something that people just take for granted. And that really powerfully well done for sale sign will generate more leads, more listings, more other opportunities, especially when there's a sold sign at the top of it, letting all the world know that you are successful. Point number four. Or, number four. Number all right. Four. Listing agents have more security than agents who are buyer dependent. The old saying, you have to list to last, is absolutely true. Why? Because once you're out of buyers, you're out of business. That's it. They're not going to keep generating. I mean, even a sold sign, once it's Maybe it's sitting there sold and it closed last week. It's still generating business for you. 
So point number five, buyer's agent commissions are more likely to be negotiated, eliminated, or thrown at the deal during negotiations. Not every listing pays the same to the buyer's agent. Not every builder pays a buyer's side commission at all. In an inventory scarce market, some buyer's agents have been chipping in their own commission just to get the deal done in a competitive situation. And it compounds because many of you have made the mistake of thinking that it's normal to buy buyer leads. Listen, yeah, buyer leads too. are the easiest thing. Uh, I mean, they're more plentiful than air, okay? When you have a listing and you just hot ride your real estate sign, just do some of the very basic things we teach you to do in Premier Coaching, you're going to have to beat the buyers off with a stick. And that's something our broker, Rory, told us when we first got in the real estate mm -hmm. business because we were having to go through all this learning ourselves. And he said, take a listing, put a sign in the yard, and you'll have to beat the buyers off the stick. And you will get so many buyers, buyer leads. It does become annoying sometimes depending on the listing. But those buyers, depending on the price point, if you're listing a house that's 500000 there's a good chance that's not a first-time buyer house, depending on your market, right? That's going to be a property that someone's going to have another house to sell before they can buy that one. Now, if you're in one of our upper-end markets and the you know house is $1.5 I get it. Some, in some cases, that is a first-time home buyer house. But for the most part, realize that when you list a house for sale, the people that are calling, that are showing up in your life as a buyer, probably also have homes to sell. So that's the reason you have to call them back urgently. We call it furiously fast lead follow-up, and you have to use our buyer pre-qualification script. And then, lo and behold, what Tim and Julie have been saying forever is right, at least half of those buyer leads, air quoting here, are actually sellers. Uh, you just have to ask, and then you'll get the listing appointment. That's how it compounds. But you don't get that if you don't have a sign in the yard, if you're not a listing agent. If you're just a buyer's agent, you're waiting around for somebody to sell you another, you know, I was going to say damn, I'll say it, damn buyer lead, right? And you guys are sometimes spending 30 to 40 to 50% for a referral fee for a buyer lead. It doesn't matter what reload, it doesn't matter what company it's from. Why are you doing that? You can generate your own buyer leads, but you won't want to because when you're a listing agent, you're going to bask in the glory of essentially having the income come from all the other buyer's agents out there on the, like, say, for example, you're from Ohio where Julie and I are from and it's in February and it's cold and it's snowy and you're sitting at home uh, reading a book. You have your five listings, your seven listings, your 10 listings, and all the other agents in the marketplace are out there forging the weather to show and sell your listing <laughs> for you. Shoveling their way to your lockbox. Exactly. While you are at home, which position would you rather hmm. be in? Interesting, isn't it? Okay, point number six, why you want to be a listing agent as often as possible. Well, buyers are getting sick of losing and are going directly to listing agents or deciding to check out of the market and wait or simply ghosting their alleged buyer's agent. That's a really good point. That doesn't really happen to listing agents. Well, 100%. And so a lot of, I think, frankly, all these you know portals, Zillow being the biggest one, a lot of people have gotten, buyers in particular, have really gotten savvy to the fact that the agent that's being advertised, and I realize some of this has changed, but the essence of it is still there. The listing agent, unless they're paying, is hidden from that prospective buyer looking on Zillow. And then you're supposed to be you know, fooled into believing that the buyer's agent who's paying to have their advertisement next to somebody else's listing is actually the listing agent. Well, here's actually what's happened. Buyers have become sophisticated enough that they're not even calling anymore. They can do a little bit of Googling and they can drop the address into Google and find out who the actual listing agent is. And they're going directly to the listing agent or they're calling the number on the sign. 
So those of you who are thinking that you can just buy buyer leads until the cows come home, you're not going to be able to because the buyers are becoming more sophisticated. They don't like that bait and switch. And I happen to know that many of you don't like having that bait or being the person that's doing the baiting and the switching. You don't like having to dance around the fact that that buyer calling is, uh, you know, believing that you're the listing agent. And that's the reason that a lot of these companies are giving you guys these fancy scripts, how you're somehow supposed to, um, you know, move around the obvious answer to the question, are you the listing agent? They're trying to give you ways to make it so that it's, it's obscured. And the scripts are terrible because they yeah. basically force you to lie. Yeah, that's what it is. So if you're forced to lie, then maybe you shouldn't be doing that activity, right? You guys getting what we're saying here? The whole industry of buying buyer leads is definitely... I cloaked in a lot of bait and switch, a lot of stuff that frankly is some of you, you know, you do rightfully feel a little bit uh, scummy when you're buying buyer leads and you should, you should remind yourselves that you wouldn't have to be participating in any of that. If you were a listing agent, free yourself from all that, you know, I think emotional baggage, how are you going to keep a long-term relationship with somebody who initiated business with you, believing that you were the listing agent only to find out that you weren't, you started your relationship with a lie. Have you guys ever thought about that? It's awful. Okay, point number seven, our final point today, why you want to be a listing agent. You don't have a contract with your buyer, most of you, unless you're a premier coaching member and have been trained on how to do that. But you do with a listing, it's called your listing contract. How do you know that, quote, your buyers will be loyal, will ever buy, or will buy with you? You don't really. Anything could happen. It's the Wild West when you work with buyers. Well, because buyer's agency contracts, and we are huge advocates of using yes. them, the reality is, if someone essentially violates your buyer's agency contract, you're, you know, I'm, I'm going to say definitely your situation might not apply. It, maybe it's some really ridiculous situation where you will want to sue them. But for the most part, your broker is not going to want to um, support you in suing a buyer that, you know, went You're out, not gonna do it. That went out and bought a FISBO. It's just not going to happen. And it'll trash your reputation too. So, you know, buyer's agency agreements are essentially the framework for an exclusive relationship. But if put to the test, if you have any business acumen, frankly, you're not going to enforce it. And I know that you're going to say, some of you, and rightfully so, well, what kind of contract is that that's not going to be enforced? It's very uh, simple. It's a understanding. It's a working agreement about how I'm going to work with you, Mr. Buyer, and how you're going to work with me. Unlike a listing contract, <laughs> unlike a listing contract that has the exact terms and conditions laid out, that's very specific, that's frankly super simple to reinforce, that the it, I, you very rarely hear about sellers that are violating the terms of their listing contracts, but you do hear quite frankly about buyers uh, who will essentially not respect the terms and sure. conditions of All the buyer. All the procuring cause cases are about buyers. Exactly. Yeah. They're not about listings. So it's weird. the stress lies on the buyer side for sure. Completely, especially in this market. Especially in this market. So the conclusion: be the listing agent. It's a better, more sustainable lifestyle, more financially secure, and keeps momentum in your business. Listings are the lifeblood of your real estate practice. And if that's not true for you just yet, well, it's time to get some help. Now, can we give them a, a big bonus point? Sure. Those of you who have listened to us for the whole podcast today. Reading your mind. Yeah. Okay. Here it is. It's the biggest secret on how to be a successful listing agent. Ready? I'm going to tell this to you. Normally, we only share this with you after you've been a coaching client for 47,000 years. <laughs> 
And then we take you into this room, but you know, it's a whole it's like a matrix room where, where you have to go through a bunch of doors with locked keys and you have to you a guys get together. we're gonna involved. spin you around a million times so you don't know where you are, and then we're gonna tell you the secret. Here it is. The secret to being a success a wormhole. <laughs> the secret to being a successful listing agent is bum bum have the listing when it sells. Have the listing when it sells. So that goes back to a lot of the previous points we were sharing with you guys this uh, past few shows about understanding that a lot of agents didn't enter into their relationships with their sellers um, you know, six months, 12 months ago, that it was going to be a little harder to sell, that the market was going to be a little bit gnarlier than the seller was anticipating. And there is going to be, for the rest of the next six to 12 months, a lot of opportunities for you guys to be very effective, proactively generators. Use this podcast, these seven points on why you want to become a listing agent. And frankly, you're, I'm sure most of you, if you've not yet grown weary of working with buyers as your exclusive source of income, you soon will, especially after listening to these seven points. Now we're going to throw another log in the fire and help you to realize that some of the best opportunities to become a listing agent are still in front of you because of the fact that there's such a lack of skill set on how to be a proactive lead generator. I you know, I told you the super secret um, to being a long-term successful listing agent, have a listing when it sells. Well, that means expired listings. That means uh, for sale by owner listings. That means all the sources that we share with you on a regular basis. You really, truly need to be focusing in on those. And you'll be shocked how quickly you can build listing inventory because your competition only knows how to do things that are passive. Buying leads, social media, advertising, marketing. Look guys, those things do have a place in your business, but it goes in this order. Proactive lead generation first, because that puts you in a position to help people make money the fastest. Then if you choose to, you can reinforce with passive lead generation. Passive lead generation often does not work, or if it does, takes an extraordinary amount of time for it to work. That's the reason when you ask somebody who's trying to sell you into a long-term you know, branding campaign, how long before I actually see closed transactions, if they're even 1% honest, they're going to tell you they don't know, or they're going to tell you it could be a year. And then when a year passes and you still haven't uh, earned enough money to even pay for the service that they provided for you, you're going to ask the same question and they're going to tell you, Another year, another year, another year. And then you're going to laugh at yourself because you're going to realize you should have just been a proactive lead generator in the first place and saved all the money that you spent on all the marketing and branding. Yeah, I, I was just remembering back when we were doing the clubhouses during the pandemic. I will never forget, uh, you asked the question of the people attending, of the grizzled veterans, what is the number one mistake that you wish you either weren't making currently or would cure looking back? And I can't remember her name, but she said, you know, now that I look back over my first four years in the business, it seems to me like I had my purse just open to people reaching in and taking dollar after dollar after dollar, speculating that something has got to work. She said, now I see that I'm the one who has to do the work. Yeah. I mean, I honestly feel like when Julie and I are doing, especially shows like we've been doing recently, I feel like we're grabbing you guys by the collar and we're shaking you. We're trying to shake you awake. Bob, wake up, wake, wake up, up, wake up. You don't have to suffer needlessly. You don't actually have to you know, spend all this money on speculation that someday you're going to make money. You can make money today helping people today, and it's not as difficult as you think. Wake up, Bob. I realize everyone else is telling you something different except for Tim and Julie, uh, but you now know, even if you've only been in the business for a day, let alone you know, 10 years, you know what we're saying is the truth. So it's time. This is your market if you choose to make it your market. If you're having your best year ever, don't slow down. Don't break your momentum. If you're not having your best year ever and you're not, you know, wherever you are in the year, 
then you can continue. You can actually fix that. Guys, you've got to realize that your experiences on planet Earth, especially in this real estate industry, are a direct reflection of the effort you put in yesterday, the week before, the month before, six months ago. So it, that is where it's at going forward. What are you doing today to make it so the future version of you is absolutely singing the praises of the current version of you? Thank God I actually did what I didn't want to do and I didn't want to do it at the highest level six months ago because now I'm getting the benefit from it. You guys get it? It's not any more difficult than that. It is the, the answer to any question in real estate is always take another listing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Rory used to say that to us. A bad day, something fell out, you know, you got kicked in the head a few times, hopefully not literally. Yeah. And Rory would say to us, hey, you know, take another listing. Go Just take go a, get listing. a listing. Go take a Tell listing. Tell me how you feel then. And he was right. I mean, if it's you absolutely went, right. the best self-help book uh, ever written was a listing contract signed. That's right. Well, you know, you guys do like to complain a lot about lack of inventory and it's so hard. The buyer side is so competitive. Well, you've got to make your mindset change to the huge blessing of a low inventory market as a listing agent because you can list virtually anything, assuming that it's priced based on comps. Sort of right. And it's staged sort of right, not even super accurate. And it's staged reasonably well and you give people access to it. And it not only will sell almost right away, oh no, I know we're up to 21 days average on the market instead of 21 seconds, but it's still going to sell. When Julie and I were selling real estate, the average days in our MLS was 183. We would go to listing appointments and brag about ours of being only 61. That was 61 (laughs) before it was in contract and then another 30 days before it closed. And we were rock stars because we could usually get them out of their house in 91 days. You guys are going to be okay. (laughs) But the point is the listing agent always wins, right? So in summary, be the the listing more frequently, it is a big blessing to have, you know, when you take a listing and you don't have 40 other homes competing with you, take advantage of that fact, lead generate off of your listings, and of course, sell your listings, lather, rinse, repeat. Thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.